Turn with me to two openings, please. Acts, the 20th chapter. And also, we'll go to Galatians, the 6th chapter. If you haven't been with us, we've already covered a lot of ground. The Lord began to deal with me a few months ago for Phyllis and I to pray and ask him about his wisdom and direction for the next 20 years of our life. Now, of course, you're always looking for his plan and seeking him for direction, but uh, this is a little bit different. And uh, there's an awareness of the brevity of life. And uh, Phyllis and I have already been in the ministry for 30, is it 33 or 4 years? And that's not a long time. But uh, it has passed pretty quickly. And we started this church here. It's already, what, 13, 14 years old? And that has passed pretty quick. And um, we're not old, but we're not teenagers. And uh, in another 25 years, some folks might start thinking of you as old. And uh, the Lord's just dealing with me about these things. And uh, I thought it's just for us. But then come week of increase, he starts dealing with me about it for you. Too. And if it was good enough for me, it's good for you too. And then Monday night we asked the Lord. We prayed. Anybody here Monday night? Remember what we asked about? We asked the Lord to show us how to multiply our days. We asked for his wisdom and he has, he's given some rich things, yeah. some answers to that prayer. I see it clearly. And you're believing with me. Amen. You might say, well, why don't you hurry up and get to it? Uh, <laughs> it's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as that. I heard a minister one time, an elder minister. I think he had already been in the ministry 50 years at that time. And this is the description uh, he gave concerning getting out a word. In Ecclesiastes, it says, whether the tree falls, what is it, to the north or to the south, that's where the tree lays. Hmm. (laughs) If the tree falls to the north, that's where she lays. (laughs) You might say, well, that's, of course. No, there's a lot more wisdom. How many of it's the word of God? There's always a whole lot more to it than what you you think. And I I heard this man, this elder minister say, he was talking about some things, and then he'd stop, and he'd go deal with the something else, and he'd go deal with something else. And uh, he said, you may not know what I'm doing. He said, but we got a big tree to lay down, <laughs> and they got to get all this underbrush out of the way so we can lay it where it's supposed to lay. And then when it lays, it stays. What's he talking about? Oftentimes, our hearts have to have preparations. Sometimes minor preparations, elsewise it won't lay right when you hear it. When you hear it, it won't lay right in your heart. And you may not receive it, or receive it properly, or receive it fully. And sometimes people say, well, you've got something, won't you just give it out? No, the Bible says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. He's not calling people names. What's he talking about? Don't give Precious things to people who don't value them. Yeah, amen. Pigs don't value pearls. So uh, oftentimes we have to get to a place 
where our esteem of something, our honor of something comes up, then the Lord will let us hear it. In Acts, the 20th chapter and the 32nd verse, he said, Brethren, I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. And give an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. If you're feeling weak, get in the Word of God. Right? If your faith's not where it needs to be, get in the Word of God. It'll build you up. Verse 35. I've showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's a blessing When you receive your needs met. When you receive your desires fulfilled. Your good desires. But there's another level of blessing. More blessed. When God is using you. As a a vehicle. A channel to meet other people's needs. He's using you as an answer to prayer. uh, Different degrees. Of being blessed. There's blessed. And then there's. More. More blessed. A greater degree. Talking about more ability to do, to give. In Galatians 6, 9, he's talking about giving. Let us not be weary in well-doing or in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. He goes on to say, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good. Unto all men, especially to them who are of the household of faith. Young's literal says, as we have opportunity, may we work the good to all. Opportunity, if you look this word up, means an occasion, a set or proper time. Vines says a fixed and definite period. An opportunity is we would call it a window of time. You can do it between here and between here. You won't be able to do it before this, and there will come a time when it's too late you won't be able to do it. And this is our entire life we're talking about. We have opportunities all through our life. You know, uh, we had an opportunity to hold this meeting. We didn't have to. The Lord didn't make us do it. You had an opportunity to come. You didn't have to come. There are many other things you could have done. Is that right? But you perceived this as an opportunity. Well, tonight's the last night of the week of increase. This window of time, it'll be closed in a couple hours. Is that right? And folks that decided to do something else... If the Lord told them to be here, then they have missed this opportunity. Can you see this? And things like this are happening every day, every week, every month. And you and I are here for such a very, very brief time. Such a short time. Webster says an opportunity is an amount of time or a situation in which something can be done. It can be done. The scripture said the head of the church, the Lord of the harvest, is waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. 
Is that right? And there's going to come a time when the seed has been sown, the gospel has been preached, and it will be time to reap the harvest. The whole planet has been sown, is being sown, and has, some of it has been sown and is being sown with the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. The reality of what's going on here has more in common with people who think about science and space than it does with many of the books men have written about religion. God has seeded this planet. And he is expecting a harvest from this planet. And some of the seed... You know, it it has been, like Jesus told the parable of the sower, the seed was stolen out of men's hearts. Men have allowed it to be taken out of their heart. Men have allowed other things to enter in and choke it out. And so they will not be fit to harvest. And then others have received it in a good, honest heart and have treasured it. And it has put down root and it is producing fruit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is eternal. Glory to God. And soon and very soon. Hallelujah. The Lord of the harvest is returning. And the earth is going to be reaped. We're going to see it. We're going to hear it. We're going to experience the whole thing. But right now, for a very brief time. You and I have the privilege and the opportunity of working together with God. We are God's husbandry. And we are working together with God to accomplish his purposes in this planet in this time. Now the devil knows much more than most human beings about this. We don't know how long he was in the presence of God. We Most of what has happened before we got here, we don't know and don't need to know right now. But he also, because of his rebellion, nobody tempted him to rebel against God. Iniquity was found in him. Nobody lied and deceived him. He fathered lying himself. And you can see his nature. Very soon a great big angel is going to come down and lay hold of him. And put him in chains. And throw him into the pit and shut the door for a thousand years. And did you know, have you read that? There's not even going to be a struggle. There's not even going to be a struggle. The devil ain't what he's cracked himself up to be. But at the end of that time, he's going to be loosed for a little season. And immediately he goes straight to lying and deceiving and trying to move men to rebel against God, proving he will never change. I don't care if you gave him how many millennia 
He will never repent. He will never change. And there are those that have followed him. And they will never change either. And so they're going to have to be removed. I don't want them living beside me in heaven. How about you? And he, the father and the master, are the only ones qualified to pronounce that judgment. And for their separation. And they will be cast into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. And separated from us. And in the new heavens and new earth. There's going to be nothing that defiles. There's going to be no curse. Oh hallelujah. No death. No sorrow. No pain. Anybody excited about this? But we don't need. You know the Lord purposely doesn't tell us too much about that. Because if he did. You'd be wanting to go right now. You'd be just. You'd want to go right now. And you and I have work to do. And a very short window to get it done. Very short. We went to Psalm 39 and read where the Lord said, Teach us to number our days, how brief they are. And he went on to talk about how that most men walk in this earth as a shadow. And they're full of labor And they don't even know, they don't realize somebody else is going to take what they're working for. They're soon going to be out of here. We looked at the case of the man who said, I got many goods laid up for many years. I'm going to say, soul, take your ease. And he was redeeming his stuff, not realizing he's out of time. And if you're out of time, stuff means nothing. And so being rich in God is much more than being rich in stuff and money. Because if you don't have the time and you don't have the opportunity, then the resources mean nothing. To be rich in God means you are rich, your soul is prospering, you're rich in your relationship with Him, and He has given you time. And he's given you God-arranged opportunities. And he's given you the resources to act on those opportunities. That's being rich. Rich in God. Somebody say rich in time. Rich in opportunities. Rich in resources. It takes all of these things to really be rich. And the Lord gave us three phrases for this week. Anybody remember? Windows of light doors of opportunity and streams of what provision you don't even know where to look for an opportunity unless you got light and begin to see the plan of God and the purposes of God and even if you have something in your heart you know what to do unless God opens the door prepares it for you you don't have that opportunity. And if you got the light and the opportunity, but you don't have the resources to act on it, then you're limited there. But God is a full provider. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Of everything we need. In these passages we saw both in Ephesians and in Colossians that he talks about redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Let me read them to you again. Ephesians 5 and 14. Ephesians 5, 14 says, Wherefore, he says, Awake thou that sleepest, 
and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Most of the people on the planet are either dead or asleep. I'm talking about spiritually. Most folks get up, go to work, come back, get up and do it again tomorrow, and act like they're going to do this forever. And some people think it's wise to pause and go, wonder what it's all about. Wonder why we're here. Well, there's a book. I said, there's a book that tells us why we're here, what's going on, what's about to happen next. And the scripture here says, don't be unwise. Verse 15, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Somebody say redeeming the time. Vine says that means buy up for yourself the time. Because the days are evil. Then he says it again, verse 17, wherefore be ye not what? Unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The only way we can utilize our remaining days the best way is with the wisdom that comes from God. That's the only way, is his wisdom showing us what we're supposed to be doing, where we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be involved with. Without that, we'd wander around, try this, try that, and just waste precious years and not get any closer to it. Don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. He said, redeeming the time, buying up rescuing from loss the time, saving the time, because the days are evil. Now that word evil means laborious, toilsome, evil that causes labor and pain and sorrow. Our days can be wasted in vain toil, vain effort, vain frustration. I I just know once in a while we could be so upset about something and if we could just rise above it and see it from God's perspective we'd realize this is only going to last another three seconds God time and nobody will know or care later on why am I so worked up about this? And that is a window of light. Come on, can you see that you're realizing that it's foolish for me to waste this whole day. Husbands and wives have lost a whole day off. They could have been enjoying and having fun with each other over a toothpaste tube or a toilet seat. Somebody didn't do something that somebody had asked them to a hundred times and it just chafed them and sharp words led to a sharp response and uh, they just, it was cold around there the rest of the day. And um, that's being ignorant. And it's being a fool. It's acting a fool 
Because here we had a day we could have enjoyed. We could have enjoyed each other. We could have done something fun. But no. Somebody had to pitch a fit. And then be miffed for three days. Or some folks a month. The scripture says, let not the sun go down on your wrath and don't give place to the devil. See, the devil is a thief. And the things he wants to steal the most are the things that are the most precious. And one of the most precious things we have of all is the remaining time in this life. And we, we must do what he said. Wake up and don't be a fool and save the time because the days are laborious and toilsome and so much of it is vain. Anybody remember reading from the writer of the Ecclesiastes? God gave him wisdom like the sand on the seashore for breadth. And what was his conclusion after trying this and doing this and trying this and doing this and try? What did he decide? That's vain. That's vain. All right. When you get through with that, then what? Vain. Vain. What does vain mean? Empty, useless, to no purpose. When it's all said and done, what does it matter? And we, we need the wisdom of God to enlighten us through these windows of light every day and afternoon and night as to what's important, what matters, and what is absolutely a waste of our precious time. Well, I'll tell you one thing, being in church in a good meeting is not a waste of your time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praying, seeking God is not a waste of your time. Being in the Word of God, feeding your faith, hallelujah. Reading the Bible, feeding on good materials is not a waste of your time and my time. Colossians says it like this, behave yourself wisely, redeem the opportunities, use your time in the best way. And that's the thing that came up to me and Phyllis and I were sitting out on our porch some months ago and I said, let's pray And I feel like we should believe God about this, about his wisdom, not just a good use, but the highest and the best use of our next 20 years. If the Lord tarries his coming and by his grace sustaining us. We had mentioned that the average of folks dying in the U.S. is about 78, but we could believe that Faith Life Church would step well on up. And an average is an average of a low and a high. Let's say Faith Life Church folks are dying between the ages of 80 and 120. That would put your average at 100. And that's 36,500 days. And if you're over 50, anybody in here over 50? Half that's gone then. (laughs) 18,000 some days. And eating 
and sleeping and cleaning is going to take half of that. So you got about 9,000 days left if you're over 50 and you make it to 100 with the Lord sustaining you. That's about 25 years of actual time to do something for God. That's if you're blessed. Y'all with me, friends? Do we need to be focused on what we're doing with the next 25 years of our life? It's going to come so quick. It's going to come and pass so quick, and you're going to realize, wow, I'm leaving here today. Today's my last day. Shouldn't be sad. Shouldn't be scary. But you don't want to have regrets. We want to live today and tomorrow and the next 20 years so that we don't have any regrets. When it comes time, if the Lord tears is coming and we finish out our life down here, that we can say with Paul, the time of my departure is at hand. And I have fought a good fight. And I have run a good race. And I have finished my course. And there is a reward, a crown of glory waiting on me. Hallelujah. That's how we want to live these remaining 9,000, 8,000, 5,000, 1,000 days. Ever what we got left. And so the Lord had ministered to us. Uh, In fact, uh, put up on the screen, you don't have to turn there, but put up Deuteronomy, please, 11th chapter. Deuteronomy 11, hallelujah, verse 18. He said, uh, lay these words up in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And you teach them your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Let's just stop right here. This is what Brother Kenneth was referring to the other day whenever he mentioned this to us. Immersion in the Word of God. The enemy is always trying to flood us with other words which have other thoughts through our computers, through the internet, through our TVs, through the radio, through books and magazines. And if you'll stay away from the Bible and stay away from meetings and stay away from church, you won't realize it, but you will be immersed in ungodly mentality. And it is subtly shaping and reshaping your thinking and your values, and your perspectives. And what he wants to do is lull you to sleep. And you just drift through life even unaware of your call, of your grace, of what you're supposed to be doing in the kingdom until in a few days you wake up and realize my life's over. And I've missed my opportunity, my time slots. But if you do what the Lord told us to do, and it's his word in the morning, it's his word at lunchtime, it's his word in the afternoon, 
Come on, are you with me? And we're talking with each other about his word. And we're feeding on his word. And we're to every every question. You know, uh, Phyllis oversaw the youth here for years. And we sought the Lord about how to do the youth. And instead of trying to teach them all the time, the Lord told us, let them talk about what they're going through. And then take everything to the word. What are we dealing with? Peer pressure. All right, take it to the Word. What does the Word say about that? We're dealing with temptation to drink and do drugs. All right, what does the Word say about it? Take it to the Word. Dealing with temptation to attraction for the opposite sex. What does the Word say about it? Take it to the Word. Because uh, is there junk in the world that will tell you stuff that is contradictory to the Word about what to do about these situations? We have to discipline ourselves to ask ourselves continually, what does the Word say about this? And then keep it in front of our eyes, keep it in our ears, write it on the doorpost, put it on the front gate. Come on here, y'all with me? Talk to your kids about it. And when we do this, our minds will be renewed. So that we begin to think like him and we begin to see what he holds is valuable and his priorities and we'll begin to be aware of why we're here and what we're supposed to do and what has come and what's coming next. And we will not be fools, but we will be wise and we'll be able to redeem our remaining time and utilize it to its highest and best use. Notice the result. These words are in your heart, they're in your soul, they're on your hand, they're in front of your eyes, you're talking to your kids about them, when you're sitting down, when you're walking, when you're laying down, when you get up, they're all over your house. And verse 21, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? That your days may be multiplied and the days of your kids, your children. In the land the Lord swear your fathers to give them as, now here he's talking about quality, as the days of heaven upon the earth. Living immersed in the world will cause us to be conformed to the world's thinking and beliefs. And values will cause us to slumber and sleep away our time and opportunities and only realize it too late. Living, walking hand in hand. He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you'll ask what you will. It shall be done unto you. We're talking about a living fellowship with him will cause us our days And our times and our opportunities to be multiplied and to have a manifestation of heaven on earth that his will is being done in our lives as it is in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. 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 Days multiplied. Days multiplied. And what kind of days? As the days of heaven 
on the earth. Now go with me to the book of Psalms, 34th Psalm. We're about to get into how. Psalm 34 and 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want, no lack to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, you children, hearken to me. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord so that you don't want, so that you don't lack. What man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? God is good. Heaven is good. Days of heaven are days of good. Days of heaven are days of God manifested, which is good manifested. He loves many days that he may see good. Watch your mouth. You want to live a long time? You want to have a bunch of multiplied days? You want it to go real good? Look at your neighbor. Help him out. Say, watch, watch, watch your mouth. Now, now this, this is something that is so easy to nod your head and go, yeah, I know that. No, no, you don't know that. Not like you need to, not like we need to. We are speaking spirits created in the likeness and image of God. We have the right to choose our own words and put whatever we want to in them, fear, faith, joy, hate. And the angels stand back in awe at God giving us this going, what is man? That you have done this for you are mindful of him that you you've done this with him. You've given him authority over the work of your hands and all spirit beings that are having awareness know this authority is accomplished through words. And our own life is being enhanced. God's flow is coming into it or it's being restricted. Uh, The enemy is allowed to come and steal, kill and destroy or he's being stopped. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loose. Come on, can you see this? Keep reading. He said, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Now this is repeated in the New Testament in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 3 and 10. 1 Peter 3, New Testament. three ten. For he that will love life and see good days, what should you do? Refrain your tongue from evil. Remember what he said, 
redeeming the time because the days are evil. evil. And we don't need to talk the evil that's in the world's days. Refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Now guile is any kind of deceit. Any kind of falsehood. Any kind of a lie. Telling a lie is just one of the worst things you could ever do. In this life. I know most people don't think so. But it is as devilish as it gets. And God hates it. He doesn't hate you. But he hates a lie. Do you hate lies too? That's a little weak. Let me read the easy to read. If you want to enjoy true life and have only good days, then avoid saying anything hurtful and never let a lie come out of your mouth. Stop doing what's wrong and do good. Look for peace and do all you can to help people live peaceably. Remember our scripture? Look for the opportunities. Is that right? To do good to everybody, especially them who are of the household of faith. Why? Because you're going to reap what you sow. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that what? That it may be well with you and you may what? Live long. On the earth. Why? 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 Because if you live long and things go well with you, that is God in your life. And if you are enjoying longevity and peace and good things that not everybody is, that's God honoring you. And who does he honor? He honors those who honor him. And if he told you to honor mother and father, then in doing that, you're actually honoring him. Come on, can you see that, friends? Hallelujah. Now, something the, the Lord mentioned to me, and we'll see how much we should get into this, but Jesus said, if you believe in me, whoever believes on me will never die. Is that right? Even if he dies, he'll live. And even if you slip out of this body, I am, what you see from the scriptures is the Lord tears is coming. I may depart this flesh, but I will never die. I will never die. And those that are his and have part of the first resurrection, the second death has no power over them either. So when we say never die, we mean never. <laughs> Throughout the endless ages to come, I will never die. And the scripture tells us how this came to pass in Hebrews. Jesus has tasted death for every man. He died for us. And he didn't just sympathize with it. He tasted it. He experienced Fully death in all its dimensions. Not because of anything he had done. He did it so you and I would never have to. Amen. Don't you love him, saints? Don't you love him? Don't you love him? Don't you love him? 
Come on, somebody needs to say it. It'll bring a smile on your face if you believe it. I will never die. I will never die. I've heard testimonies of people that died and they got them back. And again and again, I've heard people say they didn't know they were dead. They're out of their body. They're looking around and finally they see their body and they go, oh. They didn't know that they died. Why? Because they didn't die. All they did was depart the flesh. All they did was slip out of their body because Jesus already died for you and me. I'm never going to die. I will never even taste death. I won't even taste it. I won't smell it. I won't taste it. I won't touch it. I'll just slip out of my body and go, whoo, I feel good. What James said, I knew that I would. I knew I would. (laughs) And here's what the Lord said to me a few weeks ago about this. He said, if you can taste death, you can taste life. Mm. And what he's talking about is Christians that are, they're not dead, but they're asleep. They're not tasting life. People that are going through life as shadows, as empty shells, getting up, going, doing this, coming back, acting like this is all there is, acting like you're going to do this forever, they're not tasting life. But the Lord has allowed us to taste and see that the Lord is good and taste that the Lord is gracious. The scripture says, somebody needs to go. Mm. Millions, millions of believers, born again believers, are not savoring life. They're not enjoying life. They're not a connoisseur. Of the goodness of God. Oh friend. When you learn how. No matter what your situation. No matter what your circumstances are. You can tap into the goodness of God. And you can be sitting there going. Mm, mm, mm. Man people are. What are they doing? They don't, they don't even know how much trouble they're in. You are tasting some life. You are enjoying. Hallelujah. The Zoe. That he is the presence of God, the peace of God, the grace of God, the joy of God, the goodness of God. He invites you and says, taste, oh. How many when you say, oh, that means something is really good. It's really good. Most of them, they they got uh, chicken cornbread dressing in there. They said, oh. What does that mean? What does that mean? They don't got chicken cornbread dressing. They got the chicken cornbread dressing won the blue ribbon at the county fair the last 10 years. And what's the rest of it? Oh! Look at your neighbor. Oh! Oh! Oh, what's the next word? What's the next word? Oh! Oh, taste! And see, see what? See for yourself! That the Lord is good. 
Everybody say taste. Taste, taste and see. Taste and see. Oh, hallelujah. That your days be multiplied. Like days of heaven. Like days of what? Days of heaven on the earth. If you can have days of heaven and you can taste death, you can have days of hell on the earth. And the scripture says that love casts out fear, perfect love, because fear has what? Torment. Torment. And you'll find that same word in the Greek is translated everlasting torment, referring to hell. Being in fear is tasting hell. It is experiencing that which is the environment, the atmosphere of hell. And people really are having days of hell on the earth. It's not based on what's happening physically and materially. It's what's happening in them. In their souls and in their minds, the vexation, the panic, the torment, the fear, the insecurities, it's incapacitating. It's awful. And that's what hell is like, just unchecked. Oh, but heaven. I said heaven. (laughs) Heaven doesn't even have a star to light it. And the new Jerusalem and the the, the new heavens and new earth. Because the Lamb is the light. Never gets dark there. There is no night. And so when you come out of your mansion in the morning. Where it never got dark. And you walk out and the light hits you on the face. You're actually getting a Jesus tan. Because that's what's shining on you. It's not a star. It's not the light from a sun millions of miles away. It is the emanation from the being of the Lamb. Hallelujah. That's lighting the whole place. That's warming you. That you're soaking in love. You're soaking in love. You are living in manifested love shine. Glory to God. And you can taste that here. I said you can taste it here. And now the Holy Spirit is the earnest of that. The first fruits of our inheritance. And we get a foretaste. In the love. We've tasted some of it this week. We can have days of this. Days of heaven manifested in the earth. Days of love. Days of joy. Days of peace. Days of light. Here. Now. In this life. And it makes us the light of the world. It makes us the witness 
And when people see and they hear the goodness of God, it draws them. I said it draws them to repent and to change. And you can have days of this on the earth. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it goes far beyond this. Go to the book of Hebrews, please. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. If you can have days of heaven, multiplied days and days of heaven, what kind of days are those? What does that mean? Well, that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it, it's what God is manifested in the earth. And he is love. And he is light. And he is life. He is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is what heaven is full of. He talked about, you know, they said they tried to keep the little children from getting to him. He said, no, 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 let them come on. That's what the kingdom of heaven is full of. What? Joy. Freedom. Laughing in the morning. I said laughing in the morning. Giggling in the afternoon. Innocence. Complete freedom. No insecurities. No inferiority feelings. No guilt. No shame. No death. No pain. None. That's heaven. I said that's heaven. But God's will is to manifest different measures. Now we won't see the fullness of it here and now, but different degree of first fruits and earnest of this. And that's what he says here in Hebrews 6, 4, talking about tasting the heavenly gift and being made a partaker of the Holy Ghost. When you got born again, anybody in here get born again? When you got born again, did you taste something? Did you taste something? You tasted the heavenly gift. You tasted Jesus. You tasted eternal life. And when you received the fullness of the Spirit, did you taste something else? Did you taste more? Hallelujah. And verse 5, get this now, get this, get this. And verse 5, what? And tasted the good word of God. I know I'm looking at some word eaters in here. I, I already knew that. I mean, you talk about eating some word. You talk about some folks that can line up at the buffet and mow it down. I'm looking at some word of God vacuum cleaners. Why? Why? Why are we that way? Because we found out a long time ago, this is good. This is good. You talk about good. It don't get no gooder than this. Not talking about men's ideas that they came up with. We're talking about the anointed revelation of the living word of God. The same God who said, light be. When he speaks to you, goes through your being, reverberates throughout your life forever. Tasted the good word of God. And notice what else tasted. Tasted the powers of the world to come. 
What's that? What's that? Well, it's tasting not being restricted to these natural laws. Because the world to come is not going to be restricted like this one is. Things like translation. Now you see. Now you don't. Things like all manner of miracles and healings and manifestations. Come on, do you see? Tasting of the powers of the world to come. And if you've had any kind of taste, you want some more. You want some more. Come on. Anybody in here besides me say, Lord, we want some more. We want we want to taste more of the powers of the world to come. More. Of that mighty power. That miracle working power. And the world to come is the world about to be. It's coming. We're moving towards it. We'll merge out of this. And into that. Very soon. And the Lord would help acclimate us. To it. And let us get some foretastes. I'm as serious as I can be. The Lord would let us get some foretaste of what's to come. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, the Lord can get a hold of you. The Spirit of God can get in the chair with you. He can pull you out of here quicker than you can blink your eyes. He can show you things anywhere in the world. He can rip you to heaven and bring you right back to your seat. And you don't know what to do with yourself. Cry, laugh, shout, roll over. What you do go is, oh, 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 you're so good. You're so good. So good. But see, the enemy is afraid of this. Because this kind of thing allows more and more of the will of heaven and the work of heaven to actually manifest in the earth. So he has imps assigned to the people of God, especially the ministers and those interested in being spiritual, to distract. No, don't do that. You don't need to pray right now. Do this. No, you don't need to do that. Just do this and lull you and lull you and and keep your mind intertwined with a bunch of stuff. And, and just, uh, and if he can, slip some death in on you. Here, taste this. Uh, taste of this torment. Taste of this. We are not children of hell. We have nothing to do with the devil. This is supposed to be foreign to us. Fear is contraband to us. We're not supposed to be caught with any of it in our lives. But if you'll let him, he'll have you shut up. And cry and feel sorry for yourself and act pitiful and not realize I just wasted another day, wasted another week, missed an opportunity. I could have been with them doing this. I could have been over here helping this Christian. I could have been over here helping the church. I, I, he's subtle. He's crafty. Come on, somebody say I'm not a fool. By the grace of God. I'm not ignorant of his devices. Hallelujah. Go with me 
2 gospel account of Mark. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. The entrance of his word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Hallelujah. Mark 6, are you there? Mark 6. I believe the Lord gave me this, gave us this in direct answer to our prayer Monday night. Show us how to multiply our time. I never thought about this. And uh, what, a day or two ago, he took me to this. Mark 6, 38. They've been out in the countryside, and Jesus teaching and ministering. And much time has passed, and people are hungry. They want to send the people away. The disciples do, and others want to send them away so they can get something to eat. Only thing that they knew to do. And Jesus said, how many loaves have you? Go and see. Now, how many have read this story before? You know where we're going. What's happening? What happened in this story? Multiplication of something in this world. Is that right? Something physical, something material in this world was supernaturally multiplied to be many times more than it was an hour before. How did it happen? Number one, he says, what do you got? What do you got? Somebody say, what do you got? Oh, don't miss this one now. What do you have? And you know, if you read one of the other accounts, this is in every gospel account. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And one of the accounts, one of the guys said, well, we got this, but what is that? What is that? Among so many. Big mistake. And what we see here is even among those who should know better, an underestimation of seed. Lacking a realization of the power and the preciousness of a seed. That's right. If you want your time multiplied, the beginning of it is to ask yourself, what do I have? Yeah. What time do I have? And you, you oh, you got to watch this. The enemy's so subtle. Anybody heard these phrases? What are you doing? Ah, just killing time. What are y'all doing? Just wasting time. Much of what has happened already this week has brought us to right here, right now. This is one of the big revelations we are to get this week. We must value our own time. Because of conformity to worldly thinking, ungodly thinking. People don't value their time. Their own time. And because of that, you'll try to treat other people's time. All right. Ooh. As insignificant and unimportant. Are y'all with me, friends? What did he say? What do you have? You know the, the widow that they're about to come get her sons and sell them for 
creditors come. She said, I'm about to come get her sons. He said, what do you have in the house? You hear how the miracle starts? She said, well, I just got this little bit. Of, that's it. That's the key. Is that right? Multiplication is based on some value. You can't multiply zero value. Before something can be multiplied, it has to be valued. It has to have value. Yeah, yeah, amen. I don't know that I've ever said that like that before. Before something can be multiplied, it has to have value. A million times zero is zero. Even if the power to multiply it is there, you've got to have some value, a one. Right? But it has to, one has a value. Two has more value. But zero has no value. And so no matter how powerful the force that can multiply, zero can't be multiplied. And before God can multiply something for us, it has to have value. We have to value it. Our sowing last night. Right? Our great offering. Perfect example of this, right? You know, David realized this uh, centuries ago. He said, I will not give to the Lord my God that which costs me nothing. Why? It has no value to me. Whether he, talking about this revelation or not, it couldn't be blessed, which is the same, it couldn't be multiplied. The blessing is the power that multiplies. The blessing of increase is the supernatural power that multiplies the seed. But the seed is only a seed if it has value. And before God can multiply my time, I have to value my time. If I think it's not valuable, it's nothing to multiply. I never saw this till right now. The Lord spoke to me 25 years ago in the floor there at Raymond Bible Training Center praying one day. And he said this to me. I don't mean an audible voice, but very distinctly. He said, Keith, the more valuable, I didn't even know what that word meant until just right now. The more valuable your time becomes to me, the more I will help you to redeem it. And looking back now, I didn't have a clue what he just told me. I liked it. Tasted good. How many know you can enjoy the taste of something without a clue as to the ingredients in it? And that's where we are again and again and again. We're going, whoo, that's good. What's it? I don't know, but it's give me some more. I don't need my time multiplied. I don't need supernatural resources from heaven into the earth to do nothing. To waste a life. Especially not to hurt somebody. Or do any harm. But the more I become. Kingdom of God minded. What was kingdom of God's business. Hallelujah. I like that. The Lord told Brother Kenneth the other night. This is big business. Is God big? Well then God's business is going to be. Big business. Is that right? And every day that you and I's little eyes fly open, we ought to be thinking, I got to be 
about my father's business. Why? Because I'm not going to be here much longer. Whatever we're going to do, we best do it. And the Lord said to me, the more your time becomes valuable to me, the more I will help you to redeem it, to save it from loss. And I didn't have a fraction of understanding what he's talking about. But as the days and years went by, I don't claim to have done it perfectly, but I believe our time became more valuable to him because notice the next thing in this account. What do you have here? Five loaves and two fish. Somebody valued it enough to bring it. Somebody valued it enough to bring it up. He commanded them to sit down by companies upon the green grass and sit down in ranks by hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed. John said he gave thanks. What happened? Number one, they valued it. Number two, they gave it to Jesus. They gave it to him. He valued it. Did he value it? You don't thank God for something you don't value. And he lifted it up. How will our days be multiplied? One, we must value our days. And be thankful for the ones that we have left. Two, let's give them to God. Let's give our days to him with a value of it. Now he's got something he can multiply. Oh, come on. Can you see this? We give him our days. What does that mean? I'm available to you, Lord. Right? Whatever you want me to do. And as we uh, got free from this and free from that and gave ourselves more to the ministry, the Lord began to deal with us, check into computers. So we did. Uh, check into aviation. So it, without re- even realizing what he's doing. He added to a staff. He said, become good partners with other ministries and claim partners for your ministry. And he did. And he added more. And he added more. And we were able to do more and do more and do more. And now, in one week's time, we're ministering to countries all over the world. Come on, can you see this? We got wonderful staff working all over the place. We got the other church in Sarasota. Come on, can you see this? And I'm I'm not saying that that's big. I mean, there's a whole lot of folks that this pales in comparison to the scope of what they're doing. But it's not wise to compare. The first thing you got to do is hold up your day. Come on, are you listening? Hold up your day. Hold up your, your resource and your time and go, Lord, here it is. I give it to you. I will do whatever you want me to do. Yes, amen. And once you do that, valuing it and giving it to him, he will receive it and and multiply it. What happened? He multiplied this so that it met all the need with abundant surplus. Now, whether we've known it or not, we have things we're supposed to accomplish between the time we come into the earth and when we leave. And it can seem like you don't have enough time, and especially if you wasted half of it. You can begin to feel like, man, I, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. 
That's when you really need some multiplication. Is that right? You really need some multiplication. Hallelujah. <laughs> ah. hmm. let, me, uh, let me get into this and then we'll come back to this. Uh, go ahead and pray this out loud with me. Thank you for helping me, Lord. Not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind to know your good and acceptable and perfect will. Now, uh, these phrases, I've got more time than I do money. I'm just passing time, killing time, wasting time. What does that reveal? They put no value. Is that right? No value on their own time. And a person who doesn't value their time, you know what else? They won't value your time either. And if you're not wise, the enemy will use them to waste your time to waste your time I know when I first got into ministry my mentality of ministry was I'm a servant of the people and that's that's the truth there but my concept was that anything that anybody asked me to do I was supposed to try to do and for a while I tried to do that Anybody that wanted to see me, anybody that wanted me to come pray, go pray, counsel, do this, do that, I thought, well, I'm a minister. That's what ministers do. I'd show up at the hospital, knock on the door, they said, who are you? I'm so-and-so, you know, uh, so-and-so asked me to come out. I don't believe in that junk. Get out of here. That's why the scripture says, are you sick? Let him call. I'm serious. Let him call for the elders of the church. If he don't have enough respect for it to ask for it himself, you probably don't have much to work with. We're not supposed to go do everything just because somebody asked us to do it. I got with person after person. And listen to their sad stories. For minute after minute. And sometimes hour after hour. And then there were times I would leave. And I'm supposed to minister. And I am so drained. And I'm so tired. And I didn't realize what was going on. The Lord gave me two terms. Two phrases. Unauthorized involvements. (laughs) And unapproved expenditures. Unauthorized involvements. What does that mean? He didn't authorize this. You didn't ask him. I learned some things watching Brother Hagin. At first I did not understand it. In fact, I got my feelings hurt a little bit one day. Around him. 
I wanted to ask him about something. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. I'd been in healing school. I waited outside. He came by. I tried to say hi. I wanted to give something. And he walked away while I was talking. (laughs) And uh, I kind of got my little feelings hurt. (laughs) It's quiet in here. (laughs) Why would I get my feelings hurt? Anybody ever asked you, I I just need five minutes of your time. That's a, what are they saying? They're saying that's nothing. If I could just get with you for a little bit, what are they saying? And then if they get mad because you don't, what does that prove? It proved they don't value your time at all. They think you owed it to them. Which already means they don't value it. And if they don't value it, it's likely it wouldn't do you any good to give them some. Now I know maybe not everybody is excited about hearing this. But this is an answer to our prayer that we prayed on Monday. Come on, are you listening? Because whole days... And weeks are being lost out of people's lives because anybody comes up and says, would you come do this with me? I need to talk to you. And four hours later, four hours later, not only was it a waste of your time, you are distressed, you are upset, you are drained, and you never should have listened to a word of it. If you'd asked the Lord, he'd have said, don't do that. But a whole lot of people will not understand. Yeah. I've had people get so upset with me because I wouldn't go to lunch with them. You think you're too good? Go to lunch with me. <laughs> Got nothing to do with that. But who do they think they are? Mm-hmm. See, people don't think like that, do they? Who do they think they are? They don't know what's going on in my life. And here's what's worse. They don't care. They don't know. Friend, first of all, we've got to value our own time. And if you do, you'll begin to value other people's times. Which means you won't just ask them for their time. And you won't just interrupt them. And you won't just intrude upon them. And if there's some kind of interaction that needs to take place, you'll probably start it off by saying, do you have time? Are you busy? Is this not a good time? Before you launch into all your stuff, you will approach it like that first. Treating their time. as You're talking about, I mean, some people got 2,000 days left. Right? And you think they owe you one of them? Who do you think you are? I've had people get so upset. Well, I, I just I just want five minutes of your time. That doesn't mean I owe it to you. Well, why not? I don't have to have a reason why not. And if you valued my time, you'd understand that. You'd go, oh, okay. <laughs> Brother Hagen, on that day, I realized later, 
that what I thought was so important that I need to talk to him about was silly. (laughs) Now at the time, I thought it was very important. He just kept walking like I wasn't even there. Later on, there were times when people would come to see him. And sometimes I'd be there. I'd get up to leave. He said, no, I'll just stay. Thinking this one guy came in one day. Now, Brother Hagen, his time is valuable. All of our time is valuable if we only knew it. And here he is giving this man several minutes of his time. And I knew he has things going on after this. He had several things going on before this. And the guy just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. What he thought and what he felt and what he dreamed and what somebody said about what he thought when he was 12. And and, uh, I'm sitting there thinking, you should shut up. (laughs) I mean, I don't know much, but I know that. You should hush. But I didn't say anything. I just sat there in the corner and smiled. And he finally blubbered to a stop, and Brother Hagin stood up and said, well, it's good to see you. I got to go. I got something. And he walked right out of the door. The guy looked at me and said, he ain't going to answer me. I said, well, uh, you had the time. (laughs) (laughs) He wasted his opportunity because he didn't value this man's time. And one of the reasons people do this, they are continually needy. And they're needy because of fear. Desperation. I got to get an answer. I got to get an answer. Well, that man or woman's not your savior. Not your healer. Is that right? Are you a child of God? Can you go straight to the source? Yes. Go ahead. Just go straight to the source. Yeah, but I need, I need. And this pulling and this fearfulness causes folks not to value and prevents you from even being able to hear things, being able to receive. When Phyllis and I begin to have the opportunity to travel with the Hagans and, and be around them, I just knew it in my spirit. We both did. We prayed about it. We got down in our kitchen floor. And we said now. These folks have people pulling on them. All the time. Everywhere we go. They got their questions. That they want to ask Brother Hagen. They want prayer. And they want this. And they want. And I said. We are not going to pull on them. Now he's a prophet. If you and I are having trouble. He'll pick it up. So we're just going to have to keep it together. Because that pulls on you whether you realize it or not. Spiritual people, you're trying to do something and something keeps bugging you. You're thinking, what is that? And you look over at them and go, okay. <laughs> They're having trouble again. It's a distraction. And if you're distracting, you're not helping. Is anybody listening? And I I said, we are going, I know they got a lot of good help and wonderful help too, but whatever we're to do, we are not going to pull on them. We're not going to lay wait to ask our big questions. We're not going to ask for special treatment. What are we doing? We're esteeming, we're valuing their time, their call. And I myself have seen going out, being in different places where people respect me, they respect our ministry. If they don't do that, 
They just respect. You won't be around them three minutes. Revelation will just start coming out. It will start coming out. Because they don't feel like you owe them anything. They're not pulling. They're not demanding. They're just respecting. And not looking to a man. And making too much of a man. Looking to God. And then you'll see God begin to respond. And good things begin to happen. The scripture says, with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged. And whatever measure you meet, it'll be measured to you again. If you waste people's time, it will come back to you. And your time will be wasted. You'll be sitting somewhere and they won't even notice you for an hour. And this will happen and that will happen. And you'll have to deal with things for a whole afternoon or three days. And you'll be fighting mad and upset about it. But it will be your fault. Because back then, six months ago, two years ago, four years ago, you had no qualms about interrupting people and bothering them and taking up their time and asking for things and asking for things and asking for things like it meant nothing. Friend, don't do something you can do yourself. Don't call people up and bother them when you could look it up yourself. Are you with me now? Don't just interrupt people for no reason. And act like, Phyllis and I laugh about this sometimes. People call and they just want to stay on the phone all day. And we're thinking, do you not know that we got stuff to do? And if they don't have stuff to do, they're supposed to. If you'd get with the Lord, you'd have stuff to do too. Is it true? Value your own time. Don't let other people waste it. Now, I'll just warn you, a lot of folks will not understand this. They won't understand it. But uh, if you're going to give it to the Lord, if they call and say, let's go shopping, and the Lord had already told you to do something else, if you go with them, you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. You're being led by them. And you don't value your time and are acting foolishly like you can throw this day away. Now there may be another time where it's good and okay to go shopping. But you want to value it and give it to him. And then you want to value other people's time. Oh, don't act like they owe you any time. They don't owe you any, they don't owe you a minute. They don't owe you a response. Nothing. No, they don't. And if you'll treat it with respect, God will give you some precious time with them. When it's right and when it's appropriate. And if you'll come and not pull on them, you'll be a blessing. People who are not needy are fun to be around. A lot of Phyllis and my friends, thank God the Lord has blessed us with being around spiritual people. A lot of our friends, they are virtually zero maintenance. What do you mean by that? Uh, they don't get upset if we don't talk on the phone or we don't respond every day or two or week or month ago. What's wrong? You mad at me? Hadn't heard from you. What's wrong? No, no. We, we can see each other and enjoy each other and not see each other for six months. And we see each other again, just pick right where you left off and go, hallelujah. Isn't it great? Wonderful. Glory. Not all this. You didn't call me. I went through all kinds of stuff. You didn't even call. Well, how do they know you didn't go through some stuff and they didn't call? 
The Lord directed me to do something some years ago, and I made the mistake of saying, Lord, I don't know if I have time. <laughs> I know it was dumb. I know it. You ever say anything dumb before you realize what you This is what he said to me. I mean, he, he interrupted me before I finished my sentence. He said, Keith, if you don't have plenty of time to do what I'm asking you to do, you are wasting time. And it's the truth. Wasting time. When you eliminate all the unauthorized involvements, all kind of time frees up. When you eliminate the unapproved investments, all kind of money frees up too. Come on, can you see this? One of the big reasons why folks are busy, weak, frazzled, out of time, broke, is because of all manner of unapproved involvements, unauthorized, unapproved investments and expenditures. It keeps worn out, using up your time, your day, your energies. Every morning when we wake up, the clock's ticking. Is that right? We have a very limited amount. Daylight, strength. Is that right? Where we're wide awake and energetic. And come on, you understand what I'm talking about? And the devil knows this. So what he tries to get you to do is just like money, spend it on the wrong thing. And then when it comes time to spend it on the right thing, you've already spent it. And you're wore out and it's time you got to go to sleep. And a day's gone. Stand on your feet, everybody. Some of this is uh, sobering, but um, we don't want to be asleep. Is that right? Lulled into a false sense of things, wasting our time and our opportunities. I want us to just uh, lift up your hands. Pray this after me and then then let's pray in the Spirit. Father God, God, forgive us us. for any times times or opportunities opportunities that we have wasted. We We acknowledge acknowledge our days down here here are very precious, precious. not to be squandered, squandered. but to be saved, to be be redeemed and used. For the best and highest purposes. Alert us to everyone and everything that the enemy would use to waste our time, to waste our days. Alert us by your Holy Spirit. Anytime we would waste others' time. And not value value. their precious time. time. Alert us. us. Check us. us. And we'll repent. And we'll we'll stop it. it. By your grace. grace. And Lord we're hungry. hungry. To taste more of your goodness. More of your good word. More of the powers of the world to come. More of days of heaven heaven. in this earth earth. 
We ask for enlightenment, empowerment, grace, and more grace, and advancement into these things in our remaining days. In Jesus' name. Oh, my. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Kenneth, sir, the things the Lord said to you about the anointings that are for the latter years of life, would you share about that for a moment, sir? You think that's right? Yes, sir. To share about? Please. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God has needs. Well, what, what do you mean he has needs? I mean, come on. No, no. He has callings that need to be answered. Anointings that need to be expressed. We were... Gloria was ministering healing school, and I was, uh, I'd gone that, that morning just over behind the that backstage there, and I was uh, just following her along as she was preaching. And uh, she went into the 91st Psalm, and long, with long life, I'll satisfy him, show him my salvation. And she began to talk about long life, and that in Deuteronomy 30, 19, he is the length of our days. Now, you know the Word says that, don't you? Well, then what are the length of your days? If it, You need to know. Faith is involved in this. And so uh, she began to talk about it, and, and then she referred uh, to s- several. Then she went to the 90th Psalm in the Amplified Translation and talked about that 70 or 80 years, three score and ten, four score by strength, what was never, ever supposed to be and never has been the lifespan of human beings. That that was a pronounced curse. And in the 90th Psalm is lamenting and interceding, trying to get God to take that off. Well, this just really perked my thinking up. And the Lord reminded me that Genesis 6.3 says 120 years should be the days of man. And then I was, after several weeks of studying this, he said, that's just as much my word as by my stripes you were healed. He said, I said that. Well, I I still really wasn't, I I wasn't, I knew there was, let me put it this way, I knew there was much more there than, than what I was seeing. So, I began to question the Lord about it and, and, and pray about it in the Spirit. And here's what the Lord began to say. He said, I want you to exercise your faith in this area. Because he said, now, the, when hands were laid on you and the anointing of this ministry came into your life at age 30, when you got to be 40, It was the same anointing, but it was so 
much more. It was much stronger. It had grown for 10 years. But he said, you didn't get 50's anointing when you were 40. And then he said, I revealed other offices to you. And stepped over into that. That's 1977 is when I was separated to the to the ministry of the prophet well he said now this continues and continues he said i have anointings that i have planned all along that come from 80 to 90 years old 90 to 100 years old and he said I need these, and I do not have them in the earth. It, it really, it, it struck a note with me that, uh, and I said, yes, sir, I'm, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll walk in it. I'll use my faith for it. Well, it had, it had mighty impact on me, of course. And I began to see The importance of time. You can't just quit because you want to. There is a huge danger in this idea of retirement. There's no word in the Hebrew language for retirement. It isn't in there. Now, and Keith touched on this earlier. Uh, I, I mean, you know, what's 20, 25 years of riding around in a Winnebago going to do for you? I mean, come on, man. I, I like Marilyn Hickey's idea of retirement. Now, Mar <laughs> Marilyn is still out just charging, man. I get texts from her from Afghanistan and, and all these different places. She, they, and they ask her, they say, my goodness, woman, I mean, you know, at 90 years old, when are you going to retire? She said, well, now, my, my understanding of retirement is when the time comes and, and you are able to do whatever you want to do and you've got resources to do it. And they said, yeah. She said, according to that definition, I've been retired for over 50 years. <laughs> yeah. But this, this, what Keith has been talking about here this, this week, man, I'm telling you, this, this has gone down deep in me. I just went through a stripping just before I came. I told Keith, I said, I'm so glad God got on me before I got in. I said, I'd have been miserable this whole week if I'd been. <laughs> I'd have been under conviction so bad if he hadn't already. I mean, I went through a stripping last Sunday, and I'm glad. Praise God. So I came and was able to say, yeah, amen. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all better, y'all need to listen to this. <laughs> the other thing that is obvious is television and media. It, it, it has become acute in our generation to abs not only waste time, but completely throw it into Satan's hands. 
And I believe, I know, that the results of our obedience, huh, <laughs> glory, the results of our listening and obeying God and what the Spirit of God has been saying to us this week, the results of it will come quickly and be very obvious. Hallelujah. Time has actually gotten shorter. It's running quickly towards the culmination of all things. It's just about all gone. That's the reason Satan is under so much pressure. The scripture says so. His time is short and he is very, very aware well, I'd like to make him even more aware of it. Amen. And refuse to allow him to waste mine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But the big thing here is the anointing. The anointings of God that are so valuable. And if if and if the Lord does tarry is coming just a short time more, then we need that anointing functioning all day long, all the time, all the time. Not just apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, or teachers. But every born again child of God, when they're born again, has an unction on the inside of them. That's just another English word for the anointing. And it came in you when you were born again. It's the anointing of life. It's the anointing as a witness. It is the anointing to walk circumspectly before God. And if I'm telling you, it, the, the least one in the kingdom, the least, the least one, You may say, I, I'm, if, if all of them were lined up and stacked up, I'd, and the least one, I'd be the tail end, I'd be the last one. Jesus said, you have more anointing than John the Baptist, the greatest prophet of the old covenant. That's how important every individual life in the kingdom of God. Amen. So the time is now. Hallelujah. And I am determined before God as a believer to be aware huh, I am coming so soon, saith the Lord. Even sooner than you think. 
brighten up. Look for me every moment of your time. Become much, much more aware of my coming. Talk about it. Talk about you're not making you're not you're not making as much of it as you should. Talk about it more. Realize and understand that the next second could be it. The next moment could be it. And as you do, you will brighten up mentally. You will lighten. I'm not talking about less weight. I'm talking about you will lighten. I'm not talking about being enlightened. I'm talking about walking in the light as he is in the light. You are a child of light. I'm talking about light energy. The very light life of God. Heaven's very light itself is dwelling on the inside of you. And as you begin to be aware of your time, you will light up. You will light up. The glory will begin to manifest in and around you. Your intelligence will increase tenfold and then tenfold again and again and again. And people will begin to wonder what in the world happened to you. Just being aware that I'm coming so soon, saith the Lord. I need you. I need your anointing. I need your life. I need your light. So walk with me in this. Work with me in this, saith the Spirit of grace. And together we will get this job done and we'll get it done on time, saith the Lord. <laughs> oh, glory. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Lord, we're so thankful. Lord, we're so thankful. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. There, there's, Hallelujah. There's something else in this. When Adam fell, he became the slave of time. Now notice Philip in a great meeting. His time is being well spent. But now God needed him over here somewhere else. Mm -hmm. He didn't ask him to walk over there. Yeah. Zip! And he was there. He's in this great meeting. And then he ministered to this man that needed help studying the word. And then zip! He's gone. That's right. No time at all. Yeah. So he's not a slave to time. Mm -hmm. Time was serving him. And he spent zero time traveling. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 <laughs> Glory to God. He became a commander of time. Oh. Time is working for him wow. instead of against him. Wow. It's not being drug out and, and not become some kind of, of, of drag. Something to be dreaded. Yeah. No, no. When he stepped over into the spirit, there's still time. But he used 
zero of it in the natural. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. So we're stepping out of time being our master and stepping over into time being our servant. Hmm. The anointing of God will cause a bone to mend instantly. Yes. Instead of taking weeks. That's right. That's right. This is called living by faith and functioning in the realm of the supernatural. Thank you, Lord. We've put up with the natural far too much. It's time for the supernatural you, to become much more uh, our Lord. way of life. Thank and you, when Lord. we get to the place where our time is more valuable yes. to us and to, to and heaven to because of heaven's ways and means. That's right. Amen. That's it. Then heaven. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're going to have to interpret this because I, 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 yes, I, I'm doing something. Yes, sir. My mouth ain't working real good. Yes, sir. 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 Yes, and that which is broad will be brought narrow. That's it, that's and that it, which was it, distant will be made instant. And ha, 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 ha. And sometimes you won't even realize it happened. Ha, ha. Hallelujah. Oh. 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 Hallelujah. Oh. Man, I want in on this. Yes, sir. Me too. Glory to God. Yes, sir. Oh, this is amazing. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. That can happen to your finances. Glory to God. That's what's wrong with having to earn money. You didn't earn your salvation. You got it by grace. Yeah. You didn't earn the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You got it by grace. Well, what yeah. made you think you're supposed to earn your money? You, you can receive it by grace. Now, you're working. But you're not working for a living. Yeah. You're working on assignment as a soldier in the army of the Lord. Thank Glory to God. You're Thank where you he Lord. put you. And if you're where he put you, his time is your time. And your time is his time. Yes. And your time is worth a whole lot more than oh, about $50 Glory. an hour. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, lift up your hands. Let's praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, just worship him just a little bit more. Just, just lift up your hands. Lord, we worship you. How great you are. How awesome you are. How amazing you are. How wonderful you are. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, worship him some more. Oh, I thank you. Oh, I thank you. 
Hallelujah. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.